Um, I don't think you give a damn about our backup goaltender, but <laughs> we do now. Uh, Welcome to checking out the competition, Tampa Bay Lightning. For the first time this season, we are joined by Matthew Estevez of Raw Charge. Matt, how are you doing? I'm good, Kelly. How about you? Great. Thank you. So it has been quite a long time since the Flyers and the Bolts have played each other because of that whole thing with the world ending. Um, so it's been a while. And I know last year was, um, I guess you could say, a successful year for the Lightning. But I guess kind of high level. Um, what's changed with the team? What should we know about the team generally that's been going on over the last like year and a half? Well, shoot. The last time... The Flyers and Lightning played was in the bubble oh, during yes. during the round robin of the bubble for seeding, where the Lightning pretty much got their ass kicked um, right before the actual playoffs of that whole thing started, and we ended up getting the second seed, and the Flyers ended up getting the first seed. We then know what happened after that point. Um, mm-hmm. Since that point, the team is. Quite a bit different. Um, that was the first iteration of the Lightning's back-to-back cups. Um, even though the second iteration was basically the same exact team with just you know a few minor role players change, but um, the biggest missing pieces obviously would be Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, mm-hmm. excuse me, and uh, Barkley Goodrow. That line that was huge in helping the Lightning secure back-to-back championships. That line's gone. Um, Carter Verhage is gone. Carter Verhage was there when we played against Philly. Um, I don't think you give a damn about our backup goaltender, but <laughs> we have a different backup goaltender now. We do uh, now. <laughs> actually, no, hilariously, we have your old goaltender. I forgot yeah. about Yeah. Yeah, we love Brian Elliott. Yeah, I'm sure He's you do. great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you do. Um, but aside from that, the team has kind of stayed the same. There's obviously some new faces, like Corey Perry's now in the team for for – God knows why. Um, Pierre Edouard Belmar's on this team. He wasn't on the team previously. Um, Ross Colton was somebody the, the Flyers have never seen before. Um, actually, technically, the Flyers haven't seen Nolan Foote either because Nolan Foote only played half the season during our first cup year because then we traded mm-hmm. for David Savard. David Savard is no longer here. So, um, But yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a different team. It sounds quite a bit different. Sorry about the cat. (laughs) Oh, you're fine. I guess it's going to be one of those. Yeah, I mean, it does seem like that's, I mean, that's quite a lot of change over just a couple of seasons. Yeah, well, that's what happens when the salary cap is there and it goes nowhere. Mm Mm-hmm. And when the team is as good as the Lightning have been, eventually you're going to have to pay some dudes. Yeah, yeah. those those, Those bills came due, we had to pay them. And then obviously the cap, casualties happened Mm -hmm. but remarkably i mean it kind of seemed like for a while there tampa was gonna have to like almost completely blow up it seemed like in order to pay everybody um they definitely didn't have to do that they had you know they did some stuff it's totally not against any rules um are they doing that again (laughs) Is Kucherov going to no. be out all season again? <laughs> no. Uh, no? Kuch- okay. <laughs> Kucherov's recovery timeline should have him back sometime. Shoot. I think the stretch goal for him was to possibly get into the Olympics. That's a mm, possible. 
Uh, but he more than likely will be back till sometime late February or March. Um, and we have the cat space for him anyway right now, so it's not even like we're hiding him for anything. But yeah. uh, and besides, Kucherov actually played games this season, and then you you know people saw him get hurt. So whereas the year before that, he was hurt previously from from the playoffs, and the injury just got worse, and then he just tried to work through it as best he could, and he just couldn't. So. Mm-hmm. We can, you can, people can argue all they want about the semantics of it, but I mean, the dude was hurt. <laughs> like, I mean, whatever it, whatever it was, it was completely within the the cap rules of the NHL, and the NHL rules generally are incredibly stupid and written poorly. And if a team, you know, follows look, them, look, my, my, my my whole thing on is it is if your team isn't trying to like skirt rules like that in every possible way to keep a very good team together, then your GM is bad. Absolutely. 100%. I'm trying to figure out a way that the Flyers can Kucherov Ryan Ellis, since he's currently hurt again, (laughs) and somehow just like bring in a couple of more guys and then have Ellis come back for the playoffs if they... The the trick is, though, uh, you have to make the playoffs. So Tampa kind of had that one in the bag. The Flyers, not so much. But anywho, let's talk about this year's Tampa Bay Lightning. They are 8-3-3, 14 games played, third place in the Atlantic Division for the moment, but a couple of games behind Florida and Toronto as far as games played. How have things looked generally this season? Uh, Rocky start. It was a rocky, rocky start. I mean, this team had a very clear identity with Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, and Barclay Goodrow as their quote-unquote don't-give-a-damn line. Um, That team set the tone. That team set everything. Um for the rest of the game every single time they would go out there they punch teams in the face and the rest of the team would follow suit mm-hmm. um they were so good on both ends of the ice it, it took a lot of the matchup problems off of the top line not that the top line couldn't handle it but when you have this gourd line that's tackling you know opposing teams top lines that means the opposing team's second lines are now going against tampa's top line right which is just an absolute feast for players like nikita kucherov brayden point and andre palat now we have the top line that's kind of, you know, carrying a lot more of the load than they're used to. And they're still they're still doing fine. The problem is it's just the team's not nearly as deep. So uh, the team's not as strong as it was these past two seasons. Still a good hockey team, don't get me wrong. But it's been rocky to figure out what their identity is this season. Um, a lot of line shuffling, a whole lot of line shuffling to see what mm. works and what doesn't work. Um, which is to be expected, and I expect it to keep going probably for the first half of the season to really kind of figure out what is this team. Um, there's been nights where they just get ran out of the building, and they, they and they're, they're in game solely because of Andre Vasilevsky, who is the anchor of this entire organization right now. Um, and there's nights where they look like the lightning of old, you know. Um, but more than anything. What, what has helped this team in the early part of the season is that they know how to stay in games and they know how to steal points. I mean, for Christ's sake, um, when we weren't inside the quote-unquote playoff picture, you know, people were freaking out, but Tampa just kept gathering at least a point here, a point there, a point here, and now they're starting to win more. Now we're 8-3-3, three, and three, looking pretty good, um, and just trying to solidify what this team's play style is going to be moving forward. So what would you say has been – the thing that's been going the most well for the team so far this season? Uh, penalty kill and goaltending. Vasilevsky's been a rock. He's always been a rock. Of course, he's yeah. had some off nights, but he's Andre Vasilevsky. You never 
you never ever count that man out. He, the, the, the stuff he does in nets otherworldly, and the penalty kill for Tampa has been very very strong. Um, now we we still take way too many damn penalties for my for my liking, but that's that's always been this team's issue under John Cooper. They've always taken a lot of penalties. Um, but aside from that, um, those two things, those two things especially. Um, now on the opposite side, oh boy. <laughs> I'm glad you oh I'm glad you brought it up. I was going to ask, what's been the weak spot? Power play and consistent five on five scoring, both of huh. those combined together. Uh, the power play is just it's a shell of its former self with that Nikita Kucherov out there. Uh, last year they were able to kind of buoy it to a certain extent because they changed things without him, but they were expecting to be without him. Uh, this season they weren't expecting to be without him, and it seems like the coaching staff was kind of caught off guard because they didn't really change things a whole lot like they did last season when Kucherov was out on the power play. And the team has just become wholly predictable. Um, mm. No one else in the league is as dangerous as Kucherov on the uh, right wing. No one is. I don't care who you are. The dude, the stuff that guy does and, and the attention he draws just just due to his playmaking and his shooting ability just creates a, a nightmare for teams to try to kill. Whereas without Kucherov, you put like a Palat out there. Palat's a good playmaker, but he's not Kucherov, you know? So teams could just go like, oh, yeah, you can do whatever you want, dude. Well, as long as we take away Stan Gross's one-timer, we're fine. And that's exactly what teams did. So that's been a problem. Um, and consistent five-on-five scoring has been, a, has been a problem. I mean, the big guys have shown up and done what they need to do. Uh, but the supporting cast has been lacking, which was an issue, which was a worry going in. I mean, a lot of Lightning people were really high on Ross Colton. I was more lukewarm in the sense of I'm like, hey, he's playing great, but let's let, let's be honest here, he's not scoring at this clip for his whole career. And as it pertains, he hasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, he also hasn't driven play nearly as well as expected, but he's also you know the de facto third line center whereas last year he was kind of bouncing around on the wings and like filling in spots where he needed to and he did exceptionally well there um but he was also in sheltered minutes now he's not getting as many sheltered minutes so he's growing into his role and the good thing is is that he's shown flashes that he can hold his own it's just a matter of you know can he keep it up consistently how has brian elliott looked in the two games that he's played uh first game kind of shaky looked like a guy who hadn't played a good bit uh the other game the game we won okay-ish like he, he, he's a backup at this point in his career and can't deny that um i don't i don't know if he's an upgrade over curtis mcelaney but then again curtis mcelaney who had it was very very bad his last year with us so any improvement on that is is a win in my book so as long as elliot's not completely blowing games for us i'm not going to complain yeah just just okay is about what you should expect from brian elliot <laughs> steadily just okay mm-hmm Unless it's last year on the Flyers, but that's whatever. Um, are there any guys that we may not be paying attention to because we don't know who they are that perhaps we should be taking a look at? Hmm. Well, I mean, I already brought up Ross Colton. Uh, there's Matthew Joseph. He just scored a second goal of the season last night against the uh, Islanders. A huge goal. It was, it was a it was a quick, immediate response to Matthew Barzal's breakaway goal. Um. Ross Cold and Matthew Joseph are the two players who I feel like a lot of people don't really pay attention to, but they're sneaky good. Um, they just need to be a little more consistent with their 5v5 scoring. Uh, there's some of the young guys that we have on the roster, you know, Boris Kachuk and Taylor Radish. Neither one have really done anything to kind of like solidify themselves as a legit uh, everyday NHLer. 
Um, but they're players to look for. I mean, and obviously there's, you know, there's the people you always go to see the lightning for that are still there rocking and doing their thing. Yeah. Uh, how's the defense? Because the Flyers right now are having trouble scoring goals, and I'm wondering if Tampa is going to give them any chance to get out of that funk. Uh, well, it depends. We're missing Eric Chernak, who's our best right-handed defender. That's, mm. that's a huge blow. He is one of the best defensive defensemen in the league. Um, so the right side of our defense isn't looking that great. The, the, the two main players there are, uh, well, I guess technically three, would be uh, Jan Ruda, Zach Bogosian, and, uh, and Nolan Foote. No, sorry, Cal. Shoot. Oh, my God. We drafted both of the Foote brothers, and I forgot we traded one. We <laughs> traded Nolan and kept Cal. Um, and Cal Foote. Um, Calfoot's the Calfoot's getting the least amount of ice time out of all of them because he's the youngest. Um, but I, uh, out of the glimpses I've seen of him, he's actually kind of growing into his role a lot better. Uh, so hopefully he'll he'll have a breakout here soon. Bogosian is Bogosian. He is a number six at best defenseman. He's just there to stop the bleeding. Um, and Jan Ruda is Jan Ruda. He is um, he's there. <laughs> That's all I can really say. <laughs> So the right side of the defense isn't really much to look at, especially with Chernak out. Um, but the left side is probably one of the best left side defenses in the league. You got Hedman, McDonough, and Sergachev, who can all who all play twenty plus minutes a night. They're all playing like that. Um, so if your team's already having a hard time scoring, um, they're going to be fighting fighting one of those three guys every single time, and all three of them have been pretty damn strong this season. Yeah, it's, I was kind of expecting that sort of answer, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> if there is something that the Flyers can exploit to win this game, what would you say it is? Uh, Tampa's propensity of taking penalties. Uh, even though the penalty kill is playing at a very, very good level, you can still score on them. I mean, the other night when we played Carolina, uh, we took like, God knows how many, we took like six penalties against Carolina. And they didn't score, and they only scored on one. Now, it was their mm. last one, um, so they went one for five, which isn't the best percentage, but they still got one, you know? Um, so it's one of those things of if if you can get Tampa out of sorts on the penalty kill and make them scramble, you can score on them. But that's the same for every penalty kill. Um, yeah. But, but eventually, teams with talent are going to be able to capitalize on that. It's just a matter of, you know how many shots at the can do you had? If a team as good as Carolina gets five shots at the bucket, they're going to score eventually, you know? Yep, yep. No matter how good your penalty kill is. So if Tampa ends up taking a ton of penalties, and, you know, that that's Philadelphia's best chance. At 5v5, um, Tampa's actually been surprisingly strong at 5v5 goal prevention, but they've always been like that to a certain extent. And it's not even just yeah. fast, the defense has done an okay job. But if you can get Tampa kind of out of sorts, especially with a good cycle game, um, then you can really kind of victimize them, especially on the right side. That said, it's hard to do that because, you know, there's the left side of defense that helps cover up a lot of those mistakes. So if you can get McDonough, Hedman, or Sergachev kind of out of sorts and like scrambling, you're you're in a good spot. Um, the problem is that doesn't happen very often. Right, I'm sure it doesn't. Is there any chance we see Brian Elliott or no, no chance? I would doubt it. Yeah. I would doubt it. If Vasilevsky goes... You know, he he, he goes. Um, I don't think we'll see Vas. Uh, Vas, let's see, my God. I don't think we'll see. I don't think we'll see Elliot till one of the two weekend games since we have back to backs this weekend. Just don't know which one. Usually, the better team gets Vasilevsky, whereas the lesser team gets uh, Elliot. So I'm not sure out of those two teams we're playing 
this weekend we'll get Elliot. But I doubt we see Elliot against Philly. But then again, I don't know. Maybe Cooper wants to give him the start. Who knows? He's done. He's done. He's done weird stuff like that before. Would be super nice of him to do but it. But if, I, if, if you want me yeah. to give you a number, I, I'm like 99% certain it's going to be basketball. <laughs> okay, noted. Um, last thing is always just give me a shot in the dark prediction for the final score of this game. Shoot. Come on, uh, predicting the how how are the I, I I literally have not paid attention to anyone outside the lightning this season. Like what exactly like how what how's the season been going for Philadelphia so far? Got off to a very hot start. We're scoring a ton of goals. Um things were looking good. And then uh Ryan Ellis got hurt, Kevin Hayes got hurt. Um both of those guys were out for a bit. Team has started to struggle offensively. Kevin Hayes, we got back last game uh, the other day. So he's back, but, you know, still kind of finding his groove because he was out for a while. Um, Biggest problem for the Flyers is they have forgotten how to score goals. So that's the trouble. The good news for us is that Carter Hart has been playing out of his mind, like insanely good hockey, and has been the reason why the Flyers have been in or have won every game for the last week and a half. So Carter Hart, good offense, bad. Those two things together make for a fun time for us. But yeah, that's about where things are now. The Flyers are kind of sorting through some stuff. Sounds like every, sounds like damn near every team. that's not Florida or Carolina. (laughs) Right. Right. Seriously. (laughs) Sounds like, um, with that in mind, I think it's gonna be like a two, one or a three, two game. Um, given Tampa's like up and down, Goal scoring, but that. But then again, they've been they've been cleaning up their play. I'm gonna say three two Tampa. Okay. I'm gonna okay. say three two Tampa. We're not gonna relive those glory days of Tampa and Philadelphia going to the very first three on three OT. Oh god. Way back in the day. What a party those used to be. Ugh. God, they used they, to be they, so they used to be so entertaining. Now they're just now the coaches have sucked all the life out of them. As they do everything. Um. I am I'm doing a thing where I can't bring myself to pick the Flyers to lose a game yet, even though sometimes in my heart I feel that they will. But it worked for me against Carolina. Thought for sure they were gonna lose that game and they didn't. Um but I'm with you though. I think it's gonna be super low scoring. I'm gonna go I'll go three two Flyers. All right. Stealing your idea. I don't blame you. <laughs> Matt, thank you very much for doing this. Where can people find you on the internet? Oh, thank you so much, Kelly. Y'all can find me on Raw Charge at www.rawcharge.com and also on Twitter at Matthew S. Estevez. Uh, Estevez is spelled E-S-T-E-V-E-S. All right. Thank you so much, Matt. I hope you enjoy the game. I hope everyone listening enjoys the game. Go Flyers. Go Bob.